0: Yeah, Mr. D-O-double-R I say, yeah, buddy, rolling like a big shot Chevy tuned up like a NASCAR pit stop Fresh paint job, fresh inside It's the outside frame in the trunk
1: wide Or the rails big Welcome, Dude, Pewter right Report good. readers and listeners right. To another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast Energized by our friends over at Celsius. I am John Ledyard at Ledyard NFL Draft on Twitter Obviously, of pewterreport.com, and along with me today for this laid back Thursday show, we're just going to be kicking a casual, truly, ladies and gentlemen, truly the one and the only Barstool Sports and Going Deep podcast host, Stephen Shea, with me on the podcast today. Stephen, what is up, my man?
0: What's up, buddy? I mean, world champs can't complain. I was
1: gonna say. Can't complain about that at all I've been trying we've been trying to like link this up and get you on the podcast for a while now and uh, man I'm excited to do it because there is like nobody I feel like who is just I mean you have just like soldiered for this team this season like on social media you know like when it was bad didn't matter like you were believing the whole way at at every game and uh, that's your outlook man Huh? you're just positive all the time
0: a very positive guy so i started i mean me getting integrated with the bucks and stuff like that has been great but i started in 2015 and the reason i did it you know uh, that's Jameis Winston's first year coming off a two and 14 season is because mm-hmm. you know i break down the the all 22 on twitter uh is because there was so much negative publicity around the team and just so much bad attention now obviously they're a bad football team at that point but when you you know, you turn on the tape, not every player is bad. So I just wanted to show the good side of them. And, uh, you know, now there's uh, a lot of good to be found.
1: That's true. And, yeah, you're right. For a while, especially in the national media realm, there wasn't – you didn't hear much good about the Bucks at all. They were kind of not even in the conversation. And so now they're very much in the conversation. We're going to talk today on the show about how much in the conversation they are – you we're going to talk about some of the social media ravings that you've had recently which have been beautiful and uh, we're <laughs> going to discuss those and we, we're also going to talk about the team in the 2020 season and just how it's all come together uh through your lens and and what you've seen but first we got to make sure we shout out to our sponsors over at Celsius. <laughs> Celsius packed pack, every day with essential functional energy. Got my Celsius today. Got my orange, We're going through the orange right now. The orange phase has been good to me. Uh, man, healthy energy accelerates your metabolism, reduces and burns your fat. Uh, man, I can't say enough good things about this. No sugar in Celsius. If you're joining the pod for the first time, you're like, what is Celsius? Like no sugar in these. It's an energy drink. Uh, tastes like it has the pop and like a caffeine boost, like a like a, a pop or like a soda would have. Uh, but there's no sugar, there's nothing bad enough for you. It's just great stuff for you, and there's tons of flavors. They're really good. I love the orange, but you've seen us with the orange, the, gold, the grape. I mean, there's tons of ones that you've seen us uh, on the podcast if you've tuned in before. So check out Celsius, Celsius.com. You can check out your store locator, and you can see where to get them around you. But if you want to try the variety pack or something like that, go over to Amazon.com, and you can check out at Amazon. You can order yourself good old-fashioned variety pack of celsius and get a bunch of different flavors or you can come by the Ledger household steven where i've got uh quite a few celsius cans they send them over for promotional reasons and i'm a low i'm a high energy kind of guy naturally like i don't need a lot of the you know energy drinks but man these have helped pick me up on some tough days during the football season not many tough days for the tampa bay buccaneers lately uh we have Talked about the last time that this team lost was that Chiefs game back in week 12. 12 then it was man. just a run. So you're the most positive guy in Bucks Twitter, as we already established. Let me ask you this, though. When they lost that game to the Chiefs in week 12 and they went into that bye week, did you really think it was possible that this team wouldn't lose again this season? Um, This
0: season? I mean, in the regular season – Yeah, because the schedule at the end of the year was pretty cupcake. Like we talked about that from, you know, when the schedule was released, it was Minnesota, Atlanta, Detroit, Atlanta. So, you know, Minnesota potentially being a tough game. Nobody really expected the the Falcons to be very good. And, you know, same thing with the Lions. So you did expect the team to finish strong. Um, I've been saying all year, this team wasn't built for September, October, even November. It was built for December, January, and hopefully February. It came to fruition, obviously, but it allowed them to kind of uh, grow together. Like, we saw the team steadily getting better. And then when they signed Antonio Brown, that was a whole other thing, and they had to integrate him into the offense. Mm-hmm. Like, how is he fitting? Um, you know, that takes Scotty Miller off the field some of the times. He has to learn the playbook. So there's a lot of, you know, variables. And, you know, just more reps with existing guys. Like, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin had injuries that they are nursing, so just more reps with with guys. Gronk started to get his sea legs back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, they just needed time.
1: Right. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I mean, that was so underrated. Uh, I just think people were like, so like ready to bury when they were just like, man, can you not see how many things are timing issues and they're like our cohesion issues? Like those are the problems here. It's not like everybody just wants to pin things on one player. This guy sucks. This guy, this coach sucks. And like, sometimes it just takes time to figure out what works best for all parties. That's football is a team game. And I don't know about you, Steve. I feel like nobody wants to recognize that on social media a lot of the time. They're like, Wow! If the Bucks aren't elite right away, Tom Brady sucks, or he's washed. Or if the right. Bucks aren't elite with Tom Brady and these guys, like Bruce Arians is horrible. Like it is a team game. It takes time. And it requires all these moving parts. But we love to individualize the sport. It feels like. And to me, doesn't that just diminish from from the from the beauty of the game that we all really enjoy? Right. I mean, arguably, Aaron Donald is the
0: best player in football. Um, you know, he's not a champion yet. You know, maybe right. he never wins. Run, Dan Marino was one of the best quarterbacks ever, never won a ring. So yeah, it's it's a it's a team game. It takes fifty
1: three guys, right? And I wish I wish people saw it that way more often. I know if you're a fan of the Peter Report podcast, people, and you're in here, you've already heard me wax about that before and talk about that before. Um, how much we need to emphasize the fact that it is a team game. Charlie Abrahams do want to mention this, especially with Stephen on the podcast uh, about all twenty two, because he does some good all twenty two breakdowns as well. Uh, there is a resource where you can get your hands on all 22 like the coaches in the media get. And It is a subscription. It's called NFL Game Pass. It is a beautiful idea. It is average execution, uh, but it's uh, it's a really cool product anyway because it's the best thing that we have out there available to us. So NFL Game Pass, check it out. There is a subscription. You have to pay for it. I think it's like $100 for a year. It's
0: something. $100. It's $100 a year. They like reduce it yeah. and when it gets later in the season, but it's $100 for the year. John, so – right. John, you're also an all twenty-two warrior like myself. Do you remember <laughs> week one? Uh, it was a hostage situation. Like the NFL typically is gonna release the all twenty-two for regular Joes like John and myself. Monday evening, sometimes like as late mm-hmm. as Tuesday morning, Tuesday around lunchtime at the worst. This year, week one, I think we bled into like wednesday really late night or maybe even thursday morning and there were night
1: wednesday i think and i was like if it's gonna be like this all season man i'm out
0: (laughs) there was one guy who for every hour it wasn't released was releasing a current coach's playbook
1: oh that's right (laughs) justice yes i remember (laughs) that he was releasing real nfl playbooks i have bruce arian's playbook right now because of that so it was worth it yes yeah, I did actually have his playbook, and I have been been meaning to study it. I'll be studying it a lot this offseason especially, yeah. but that is pretty funny. I mean, it was one of those days where it was like, dude, if it's going to be like this all year because <laughs> yeah. my content is planned around it. Like, my right. column drops on Tuesdays, and right. it's literally an all-22 column. So whew, we dodged a bullet there for sure. Um, yeah. Okay, let's talk about just injuries with this Bucks team because they did stay a crazy healthy, but also Viva was one that, you know, I mean, obviously him coming back. So, again – optimistic uh, being optimistic is part of it but like could you have seen Vita Vea coming back and like rejoining the efforts for this team like I really had we had asked Bruce Arians and he had just kind of quickly ruled it out Bruce is a sly dog sometimes but man I did not see him coming back at all
0: so I was devastated after the Chicago game, not cause it was like a bad loss. And I like streamed it with a bunch of people at Barstool and it was, you know, kind of a humiliating game, especially with Tom Brady with the four fingers at the end, but the Vita Vea injury, I mean, Vita Vea is, you know, easily my favorite guy to watch on tape just cause he just destroys people. Mm-hmm. Um, so knowing that we wouldn't, you know, get to watch that, but have that on the field was devastating. Um, pro football talk uh, or pro football doc, shout out to that guy. Um, uh, he, he, I asked him that night to analyze it by video, and he said this is a, you know, compound fracture. He could probably be back by the Super Bowl. Wow. So I put out some feelers in the organization to just say, hey, is this possible? Like, is it possible he returns? And I got a pretty standard answer back. just like, he's on IR, like he's done. So I was <laughs> like, all right, didn't expect it at all. But then when we hear – it was going into the Green Bay game, I believe. It was like, hey, you know, like, he might practice. Reach out again to a few people and, you know, not even assist, some associated with the Bucs and some not. And the answer guy was like, "Ah, oh, it's gamesmanship. Like, he's not playing. He played 33 snaps in that game. I mean, yeah. his, first, his first two snaps that he was on the field, the Bucs got sacked. So, I mean, he is a huge difference maker. You know, he's not uh, a sexy stats guy and he's never going right. to. Be, but, I mean, he pushes the pocket and doesn't let quarterbacks step up. And that is a huge problem uh, for the opposing team.
1: Oh, yeah. When you've got guys like they do coming off the edge for sure, man, unbelievable insurance policy to have Vita Vea kind of just waiting in the wings for this team. Another place you can get a great insurance policy is at Briar Greaves. What a year for the insurance world, a record number of name storms at more than 30 storms, flooding in addition to wildfires and not to mention the pandemic. With the commercial property and homeowner's rate increase across the industry due to these catastrophes, Briar Greaves Agency has numerous carriers and options to help new and existing clients that are affected by these increases. Personal and commercial auto insurance is another line of business that Briar Greaves Insurance can help with, shopping through carriers such as Progressive, MetLife, Safeco, and Allstate, to name a few. The folks at Briar Greaves Insurance are also, most importantly, Big fans of the Buccaneers and proud sponsors of the Peter Report podcast on pewterreport.com. Visit briardreevesinsurance.com or call 813-876-4166. That's 813-876-4166 today. You can get some of the rate droppage that uh, that Scott Reynolds and Mark Cook of pewterreport.com are both enjoying as well. So, yeah, you mentioned Vita Vey, man. Him coming back was unbelievable. Um, I think at that point, I was like, once I knew he was playing in the green Bay game and I already picked, you know, that game. Once I knew he was playing in the green Bay game and it was for sure happening and he was getting like actual snaps, not just like five snaps or whatever, but he was actually able to play and be effective. I was like, yeah, I don't think they're going to lose again. (laughs) You know, and it wasn't just because of him, but it just, sometimes this is maybe because you grew up on these sports movies and stuff, but like, don't you sometimes just get a feeling about a team that there's a little magic going around and they just are on a roll and, they can't be solved they can't be explained or quantified steven it just it just exists it is
0: so i am like you in that going into the super bowl the kansas city game i knew they were going to win like there was no doubt in my mind they were going to win that game uh the saints game was the game i was most nervous about the packers game i had a feeling that we would win but the saints game it's like all right these guys are our boogeymen um like we cannot beat them uh and you know everything kind of came together I mean people forget we were losing until Antoine Winfield forces that fumble on Jared Cook and then kind of the whole game changes. Um, right. but yeah, I mean the the vitavea vitavea coming back was certainly
1: huge. oh my gosh. I mean it was it was huge and it, it really did. it felt like. It felt like at that point it was like yeah this might be just kind of like a magical season like not and not that isn't to say like the Bucks were carried by some mysterious force or something but sometimes a team gets in a zone and you know I mean obviously they, did, they made mistakes even in the playoffs and they overcame those but sometimes a team gets in the zone and it's nothing can shake their confidence you saw the Saints. They had points in that game, and especially late in the game, they realized they couldn't do it with Drew Brees. Like they couldn't do it, uh, and yeah. really they couldn't do it against the way the Bucks were playing defense. You realize, like going you know, Green Bay, I thought had you know if they hadn't kicked that field goal, we might have been it might have been interesting. But again, I felt like there were points in that game, even in the first half where they're at the touchdown at the end of the first half, where they looked at each other and they were just like, "We can't, we can't do this." You know what I mean? And the Chiefs, yeah. I mean, obviously, like I think that second half when they had to kick a field goal and then the Bucks went down, score made a twenty-eight nine. It was really like – I mean, the clips they show him Mahomes in the side, and he's just like – like, I've never seen him look like that. I mean, have you ever seen Mahomes look like that in a game before? I heard
0: a stat that, um, you know, like Amazon Web Services and stuff like that, like tracks uh, player movement, and Mahomes ran for – he obviously didn't rush for this many total yards, but he ran for, I think, 497 yards – in the game, just going side to side, back and forth, you know, it's just standard dropbacks. I don't it know what the is, average is yeah. maybe like 100 yards because you're you know, dropping back at a shotgun and things like that. And I have, uh, you know, under center um, and obviously running a little bit. But I mean, he was running for his life the entire game. Uh, and Dominican soup played huge. I mean, he had I think he was credited with one and a half sacks, but I mean, he was everywhere.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, it was absolutely uh, a huge and critical performance. There's no question about it. To be able to to rattle them up as much as they did, haven't seen. I really haven't seen Patrick Mums look like that in a game before. So uh, it was pretty crazy. Do you want to just touch on a couple of questions really quick? I see people always talking about uh, the Bucks lose Godwin. It's a must assign A B. a uh, B. Okay. Here's my touching on that, and Stephen, I'll let you say it too, but. Chris Godwin and Antonio Brown might both play receiver, but they play very different roles and they do very different things. And Chris Godwin is a very unique player. He's in the Larry Fitzgerald. You've heard him say that before. He's a very unique player and a very unique role in this offense. Antonio Brown doesn't do any of that, of of the blocking and the insert blocks and the being able to move in motion and come in as a wing and and all that kind of stuff. Like He doesn't do that kind of stuff. So you would have to get someone to do it. It wouldn't be Antonio Brown. It would be Tyler Johnson if Godwin were to, to be gone in this hypothetical. Now, let me ask you this, Jay, before I get to maybe answering the rest of this. I want to ask you this about Tyler Johnson. He's a fifth-round pick. Did you have feelings about Tyler Johnson coming into the draft, and how did you feel about the pick and then watching him throughout the season, especially keeping in mind that he may may eventually, probably not this year, but maybe in 2022, uh, be a potentially a replacement for Godwin? Um, I
0: wasn't a big Tyler Johnson guy going into the draft because – he seemed pretty duplicative. I mean, we didn't have Antonio Brown at the time, but he seemed pretty duplicative for what we had looking at um, Arian's offense. He prefers like a lot of speed on the outside, and Tyler Johnson is not a burner by any means. Right. So um, I know Chris Godwin was coming up. I know that they were prioritizing extension for him before the season. I don't know what his if his value has changed a lot. He didn't mm-hmm. have a great – postseason he had a lot of drops in the playoffs yeah. that they overcame um he is a very unique player in the fact that he is such a good run blocker um uh, really good route runner and typically has very dependable hands outside of the last yeah. couple games um that being said you know the bucks could have with the with the news coming out today about the the salary cap floor you know with it being 180 million dollars it mm-hmm. will be higher than that but how much higher like if they're gonna lose one high price guy between you know, Levante David and Dominican Sue, um, uh, Chris Godwin, Shaq Barrett, the easiest of those guys to replace, in my opinion, would be Chris Godwin, just because you have yeah. Tyler Johnson, who is in that mold. Again, it's mm-hmm. your point. AD and uh, Chris Godwin, uh, they're not the same type of receiver. Right. So you wouldn't replace one right. or the other. But Tyler Johnson's not a bad fallback option. We, see, we saw him make clutch catch. After clutch catch, I mean, you talked about the whole postseason. The play of the postseason is probably the Scotty Miller touchdown at the end of the first half. But if you think about number two, at least on offense, Tyler Mm -hmm. Johnson, third and 11 or third and 10 against New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Tie game, I think it was 20-all or 23-all at that time. 20-all, I think, yeah. Maybe the best catch of the season. Um (laughs) Uh, on a back shoulder play by by Tom Brady on on a, on a third down with, you know, I think it was a third or, or maybe it was an early fourth quarter at that point, but it was a huge play and that changed the yeah. momentum of that game.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was a massive play and he made a couple of throughout the year, year. I really, I thought showed himself, well, too many drops, but I mean, I think that's something that's pretty normal for young players. I think even Chris Godwin is, is a rookie. That was probably the most he'd struggle with drops until we've seen, this season, you know, the playoffs. There was a struggle. Now the Bucks Wait, aren't gonna lose uh, Godwin. Tyler
0: Johnson note, have you ever thought about what would happen if Tyler Johnson wasn't wearing like a triple XL undershirt against the Packers? <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's so funny you say that was game.
0: egregiously large. To oh, the fact huge. that and to to his credit, like if he's wearing, you know, maybe he wears like a size large shirt. If he wears a size large, that's not getting called because they're not seeing it, it's not hanging out right. by enough but his undershirt was so ridiculously big that the, the defender almost had no choice but to grab it, in which case is an obvious foul. It's true. It
1: was like the greatest extension of their season, to be honest. Yeah. You know, it was just this, this guy grabbing his jersey, and uh, it was pretty funny. I wonder if he would have – he got grabbed so early in the route. I think it made people think the ball was uncatchable. I don't think whatever – he got grabbed initially, then the part that was obvious was the shirt pull, that was Mm -hmm. several yards by the way so it is impossible to say I know people just like to say is because they like to rip on refs and I get it but it's impossible to say where the where he would have been in relation to the ball had he not been grabbed so early in the route and then again for several yards kind of written on the back of his jersey so uh it was an egregious one it was obviously the right call but you're right that was definitely a clincher him having that that jersey in that situation. Now, as far as Chris Godwin, I do think he he will get the franchise tag, um, and 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 uh, that he's the easiest one to tag out of everybody. Um, and so I think he'll get end up getting that tag. And again, as we've talked about on the show, it probably isn't something that he ends up regretting a lot either. Even though players don't like to play on the tag, because next year the caps probably going to bump up. And if he has a huge year in Bucks offense, which if he hadn't missed like over four games this season, he might have had an even, you know, he could have been pushing 1400 yards or something like that. Um, You know, with the year, with the whole off season, he could be looking at an unbelievable year in this offense. And if that's the case, it's not out of the question that Chris Godwin ends up becoming, again, people say highest paid receiver in the league. Like he, he's not the best receiver in the league. That doesn't matter. The market resets all the time. So. If he's next up to get paid, he could get paid. That contract would last like two days. Remember, Kirk Cousins was at one point a uh, highest paid quarterback. Well, everybody else said he was happened to be next in line to get the big contract. And then other people got it and passed him up. And so that's what I mean when I say that for Chris Godwin. He will be in that conversation uh, for much more money, could be next year. So it could be a situation where the tag works well for both. Um, so, yeah, good stuff. I do want to touch on, Steven, that this uh, you, you've been on a rampage on Twitter and like, It's so funny to me because, like, you're the nicest dude and you're, like, the friendliest dude and, like, but then you will just, like, hammer people on Twitter out of nowhere, and I freaking love it. I think it's so funny. But this was probably the most surprising thing. Before we get to, like, some of you going after, this was an interesting tweet. You said the Buccaneers are tied for the second most Super Bowls since the turn of the century with two. The clubs they are tied with, Steelers, Ravens, and Giants, are all considered NFL royalty. The Bucs have earned their place as an elite organization and deserve that distinction too. What's most impressive about this tweet is that obviously if you're not a Bucs fan, your inclination would be like, nah, they're the losingest franchise ever. But you avoided getting ratioed on this tweet. I couldn't believe it. Even if you were right or wrong, you avoided getting ratioed. I thought that was incredibly impressive. The Chai Hive is strong with that tweet. It has like 1,800 likes. That's amazing. So-
0: uh, the people that are actually ripping me the most for that tweet <laughs> are Ravens fans um, because they're like, don't ever compare two franchises. And honestly, NFL royalty is probably not the best phrasing because the Ravens are like a fairly new franchise. They're what, like 1996? So yeah. I don't think they're NFL royalty. But when objectively I'm looking at the league and seeing how teams are built from the owner to the GM to the coach yeah. to the roster – I mean, the Ravens, you know, as a Steelers fan, you might not like to do this, but, you know, the Steelers are right up there with them. They're one of the elite organizations in yeah. football. And, you know, when you look at the the championships and, you know, Saints fans get mad about this because, you know, they're you know huddled in all their division title banners when they go to sleep. But uh, the Saints only won one Super Bowl, uh, you know, yeah. especially since the turn of the century. Like recently, like the Saints are a very good organization, but they don't get the job done. Like you're not measured on division championships. You're measured on Super Bowls. And then when you look back at the last, you know, what is 22 years, uh, 22 Super Bowls since the year 2000, like it's the Patriots. And then it's everybody else uh, in, as far as like the second tier, which are the Bucks, the Giants, the Ravens and the Steelers. And then it's all just, like, one-win franchises. So, like, you look at Kansas City and, yeah, they probably will win another one again, like, with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. But, like, Green Bay didn't win another one with Aaron Rodgers. Um, uh, The Rams, you know, won way long ago with with Kurt Warner. They didn't win again. Um, You know, a lot of really, really good teams with really, really good quarterbacks are not seeing sustained greatness. Russell Wilson Mm -hmm. and the Seahawks, one ring. Like, it's incredible, and just to think that you know the Bucks did this with Tom Brady with one season has more Super Bowls with the Bucks than Russell Wilson has as many Super Bowls as Russell Wilson does with the Seahawks, and you know Russell yeah. Wilson, he, he's never got an MVP boot. Like every, he's, every America's darling, like everyone loves him. He's yeah. perfect. He's married to Sierra. Um, <laughs> he's this great player, but you know the Super Bowl is so hard yeah. to achieve. There's only one a year, and you know, Tom Brady is the best at it. And he came to this organization. This organization was built correctly with a lot of blue chip players that uh, weren't necessarily popular picks at the time. Like uh, mm-hmm. I actually loved the Vita Vea pick, but I knew he was a very unpopular pick. People wanted Derwin right, James yes. hometown, right. hometown guy, you know, a sexy pick, big hitter. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he has played one full season really um, right. in, in three seasons. Um, you know, just a lot. Devin white. I wasn't, I'll be the first to admit I wasn't on board with that pick because I wanted Josh Allen. I thought edge rusher was a need. Yeah. Jason Light obviously knew what he was doing. He picked uh uh Devin White, and you know, they had Shaq Barrett, who is more than capable and you know, an even better player than Josh Allen right now. So um yeah, no question. They, they've done right. a really good job through the draft, especially the past three drafts in building up this championship core. And Tom Brady realized that, and that's why he came.
1: Right so so you, you know you can kind of make the case that they should be considered an elite franchise and Super Bowl titles are a huge deal I mean this is we are talking about like a team with two Super Bowl titles now. That is hard for people to wrap their minds around because the Bucs are also the losingest franchise in the league in terms of percentage over the course of their so how do you justify or like wrestle those two, you know, opposite ends of the spectrum when you say like they should be up there with with some of the NFL royalty or even, you know, with some of the better franchises in the league, they should be thought of that way. When you say that, are you talking about the Bucs period over or Are you talking about this current Bucks? franchise (laughs) is headed in that direction of all these other top franchises in the league
0: in my opinion they're there already um and i'm not talking about you know current but if we're talking about today whatever is february 18th february 19th like they are an elite franchise they have a roster loaded with blue chip players they are in good salary cap position they do have a great quarterback um they do have a culture with winning when you look at the players that they have gronk tom brady jason pierre paul like these guys have multiple super super bowl rings mm-hmm. and are championship guys so um yes i'm talking about the right now like when you you know i would put the february 18th 2021 buccaneers as far as class of organization right next yeah. to the ravens right next to the steelers you know the giants are considered nfl royalty i don't think they're you know, at that level right, there now. right now, yeah. they are <laughs> kind of one of the blue blood blue bloods of the NFL. And I think the bucks are kind of right up there um at the top
1: of the league. I honestly, I, I actually really agree with you on that point. I don't know if I'd say like NFL world just because of the past it's been but right now, if you're talking right now, yeah. I mean, I think that Jason lights one of the best games in the game. I think he's been the best games in the game for the last three years, three, maybe four years to be honest. Cause that, 2016 draft, I think it was. was I mean, was that, 2016 was the bad one, right? 2017 was O.J. Howard? O.J. Howard, and then yeah yeah, yeah i think oj howard's going to be really good if he ever gets to stay on the field i mean in 2018 he looked like he's about to be a star then 2019 comes along and he's bruce aaron's offense as a tight end good luck man you have to block defensive ends and duo you run way different routes than you ran before you don't play out you know in the slot or anything like that as much like it is a totally different ball game and then he was hurt during that season too and he was like Behind on the learning offense, then at the end of that year, he started to break out. He looked great at the beginning of this year, but then he hit just a kill. He's and so I really think OJ Howard is gonna is still gonna be a stud in the NFL. I'm one of those people holding holding out. Stephen, he, negative he worries, down on. Me. He, he worries he, you, he,
0: he worries me because, um, he's a guy when you look at that, uh, year he had, I guess it was 2018 where he kind of broke out, he scored half yeah. of his plays he scored half his touchdowns on one play. And it's like a very fluke play that Dirk Cutter ran all the time where he's, uh, you know, a tight end on the strong side and basically pretends to like fall down and crosses um, the form uh, crosses uh, uh, right in front of the linebacker and then basically goes uncovered. Uh, and he has the speed and, you know, can catch. Um, So, you know, he can make that play. But as far as like, if there is a guy on him, I am not confident he's going to make that play, especially when we saw last year, you know, I'm not trying to be a Jameis Winston apologist because I'm the you know one of the farthest things from that. But a lot of uh, uh not a lot of, but a, a couple Jameis Winston turnovers are just passes to OJ Howard that he just drops or hits him in the head or you know he tries to catch like you know miscatches and tries to catch behind his back and it's just like uh, I just don't think I think he's got like a I think he actually has a little bit of the yips if I'm being honest. Like yeah, he he has everything that you'd want. Um, and he was advertised as a much better blocker than he is. Uh, mm. but I'm. I'm not but a big OJ. Year, I thought
1: last year he made he started looking like a good blocker again, and he He's, was making he some certainly plays. Certainly had moments, and I mean there were times. That Broncos catch, whoo, yeah, that Broncos yeah, and, catch got me excited.
0: There were there were times, um, you know, Cam Braid not traditionally a good block. There were times this year where he was a very good blocker. Um, yeah, so yeah, there, there certainly flashes, and there are great flashes with OJ, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen it like it consistently is. enough. But I know that Tom Brady loves him. And, uh, you know, certainly, uh, you know, we saw Cam Bray kind of flourish in that number two receiving tight end role, assuming Gronk is back. Hopefully, OJ Howard can do similar things. So, certainly rooting for the guy, but, you know, I've, yeah, what's your fair pick?
1: pick. Sure, sure. No, I mean, he, you're right. Consistency has to be something, you know, and staying on the field is, can't be good if you're not out there. It's not his fault. I'm saying he's gotten hurt. I'm just saying like it's hard for us to justify a pick if if player's not present. But that draft, I do think uh, Jason Light. You know, Justin Evans and Kendall Back with losing those guys are like weird career-ending right. injuries after they looked impressive early on, just kind of unlucky stuff. But this tweet by you was was funny to me as well too. And, and you said in highlight uh, Roto Pat. I forget his actual Pat Dockery or something like that is his real name. He ranks every year the the GMs in the league, uh, and he ranked Jason Light coming into the 2020 season, mind you. He ranked Jason like 25th out of 32 GMs in the NFL, one spot behind Bill O'Brien. You said, not on my watch, buddy, are you getting away with this? You think of people going to forget? They ain't going to forget, Pat Roto Pat. So you came back and you said, hey, what's, what, what's up with this? Like, uh, maybe this is a bit too low. You went about it nicely, you know, and everything. But and this isn't so much about Roto Pat, but just uh, going into the 2020 season, like, I mean, okay, if you're talking two years ago, or maybe, like, maybe, I don't know if that low, but there's significant when Jason Light got his extension, there were a lot of questions at that point. Like not a lot had been proven regarding Jason Light. I mean, it was pretty early for Carlton Davis and it wasn't looking like he was looking this season for sure. Just a lot of those picks. I mean, again, at that point they passed on Derwin was coming off that amazing year, and they had a pretty ordinary, you know, rookie first year. And so things weren't looking that hot at that point in time. The Glazers believed in him, they gave him the extension. So at that point in time, if you had ranked him twenty-fifth, I would have understood where you were coming from, honestly. Like I was Pretty skeptical of that re- of that signing by them, And sure. now at that point I wasn't covering the team, so I didn't know him or you know anything like that. So they had a better vantage point than I do, and they always, by the way, have a better vantage point than we do when it comes to coaches and GMs. Yep. We don't have all twenty-two access to coaches and GMs like like the other people do. So um, you know we always have some ignorance there, whether we like it or not. But you came back, and this guy said between for the twenty twenty season, Stephen. Like to me, yeah. that just seemed like he'd already proven some good things at that point in time.
0: Right. So um, a friend of mine who used to work for the organization sent this to me and was just like, what a crazy thing. And then Greg Allman tweeted, um, and somebody actually asked me, like, why do you have such a problem with this now? You didn't say anything then. And what I said then was the blurb about light is written as if Brady's career is already over, which is very odd. It's like the signing lost in points. The author also praises Les Snead as a Rams GM, ranked 16th for eating a bunch of dead cap of contracts he signed to guys too." Or he signed guys too, so I'm not putting much stock in this. I went back and actually read the whole article. His number one GM is Bill Belichick, who's one of the worst GMs, I feel. Yeah. Like he is yeah. he, his coaching overcomes so much, but when you look at his mm. roster, it is terrible. Um yeah. I realize they had a bunch of opt-outs this year. Um, but overall, like I can't I mean Bill Belichick being the number one GM was uh maybe a worse take than Jason Light being the 20.
1: I look. I'm not trying to rip on just that list because what he's trying to do is probably something that's assigned by editors, and he's you know, just trying to make the most of it. But I had took a, I took issue with it a couple of years ago when Kevin Colbert, who's easily one of the best G- I know I'm a Steelers guy, but come on, like Kevin Colbert, he's been over 20 years, crushing every the I mean, anyways, easily one of the best GMs in the league. And he was like ranked 13th or 14th. I was like, how is there like what in <laughs> yeah. the? In, I mean, there were guys getting fired that Bill week. Bill O'Brien
0: right ranked over, over Jason Light. Bill O'Brien just traded and, right. Hopkins for a running back. Yes.
1: Like, <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, the recency of this blew my mind because it was like he just went out and signed Tom Brady in free agency. Right. And I think at that point it traded for Rob Gronkowski too. Like. Yeah. He had done all this after you know finishing that defense second half of the season, those guys, those young corners, everybody looked like studs. It was like nobody paid attention to the Bucs last year and the way they finished the season, by the way. I mean That's what I'm saying. you had so- Jamel Dean, Carl Davis, Sean Murphy Bunting, and NFL.com's ranking them as a 32nd cornerback group in the league. Even if you thought those guys weren't gonna take a jump, 32nd in the league, there's some horrible quarterback so dear, wins in so
0: dear i'm coming for you oh, so, oh
1: that's gonna be a. you're gonna line yeah. up that tweet next that's coming you've got it scheduled
0: <laughs> dude it's i'm telling you it's a stephen chair revenge tour, tour right now oh, i, I got all it. their seats i'm coming after everybody uh oh you got like,
1: steve just, smith like oh you got some people, oh steve huh,
0: smith man? already got it but he's gonna be coming up a bunch more steve smith that's i right. i mean as a bucks fan forever like i hate steve smith that's i right. never hated a player more than i hate steve smith and the fact that he's uh, you know, in a position of an analyst right now on, on national TV um, is fine. Like good for him. He, he had a great career, mm. you know, happy for you. But if he's going to come out and rip the bucks and say that we're going to be awful in the playoffs, we're going to get washed. And then we go win the Super Bowl, He's definitely, oh, yeah. he doesn't have oh, Twitter, yeah. but I want to make him sign up for Twitter.
1: Oh, um, he doesn't have Twitter. He deleted. Oh, I remember he used to search his name when he was, when he was on Twitter. That's interesting. Oh, really? I might have to let him. Know. Yeah. He used to <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. I, I know he deleted Twitter, but that's funny. Yeah. People used to tweet, Cause he was, he's not a very good analyst and he messes up everything. I mean, names, players, details, facts, like all the time. And uh, people used to get him when he was first starting out. And then uh, he's kind of caught up since then, but uh, I think he deleted social, but here's a good question that we've got. How impressive is what Brady did? And we, and we appreciate the super chat from big head, big head Ted. He says, how impressive is what Brady did? Not only statistical, but team wise. Do you think any other quarterback could have done this? That second part's a good question. I mean, obviously impressive. I'll add this to it and I'll let you say, but to me, like the most impressive thing about what Brady did is that this isn't an offense that's easy for a quarterback. Like it's not like, and I don't want to, I don't I think Ryan Tannehill's a good player, but like the Titans offense built they built a scheme that Ryan Tannehill could could win in. You know what I mean? And there are offenses that do that. You know they ask the play action and RPO, and they do a lot of different stuff. You know, quick completions, get the ball out. You know, they simplify the game plan and they rely on run after the catch guys. Even like the Colts to a degree, like Philip Rivers clearly didn't have it at this point in his career, and so the Colts' to offense was almost all horizontal stuff, get the ball out quick. He hardly got sacked or touched all season. You know that that's what he had to do. To, but this offense, I mean, I don't feel like they did anything to make it like easy. Oh, you're 43, we're gonna make it easy. It just didn't feel like that all season to me.
0: Yeah, and I think the what happened over the bye was that you know they they're coming off losses to the Rams uh, or the Saints. I think they beat Carolina right after that, but then they lost to the Rams and then the mm-hmm. Chiefs. And really, you know, we're not playing very good football. And then the week, the historically late week thirteen bye, which I was a little nervous about going into the year because you know injuries and stuff can pile up. You don't want to have kind of a mid-season slump, but it really right. did them a huge favor because they went back and they've said they've said this on the record, but, like, they self-scouted a lot. They changed a lot of the offense. They went a lot more to tight end, added a lot more emotion, um, stuff Tom Brady was a little bit more comfortable with, and, you know, we see the results. So they just really started clicking right after that bye.
1: Yeah, it's true. It was uh, – they did do some things better, and that did help, but for a lot of the season, even getting to 7-5 and – I mean, he had to lead some comebacks. You know, there had to be a lot of impressive play. And I honestly think week one was one of Tom Brady's best games. I think because of all the pass interference penalties, people didn't really realize that. But to me, when I think back to the impressive performance, you remember Mike Evans messed up that route and the first interception. I know the second interception happened. I think that it was more than just Brady on that throw. I don't think it was a good throw. But I know people focused on two picks after the game, and a pick six especially coming off of James Winston. I the people whack and watch that game with a clean lens. They would see, I mean, for a first game with no off season, I mean, Brady was making some throws in that game. Remember there were like five or six pass interference penalties on perfect throws. I mean, perfect throws. First, and so drive,
0: go right down the field and score on, you know, the, yep. the vaunted
1: saints. Yep. I mean, I think, and again, I just think that he, I think his season from start to finish was unbelievable. Now, do we think any other quarterback could have done it? That's the thing. I don't really know. I mean, Definitely would have been only the greats. You know, Peyton did it obviously eventually in Denver, um, you know, but at that point even when he won the Super Bowl, clearly wasn't him. It was, you know, he's clearly getting carried. I think obviously Brady was not carried this season. Even the haters are having a hard time, I think, saying that uh, with a straight face. Um, I don't know. Could any other quarterback have done it, do you think?
0: Um, I mean, if you look at like kind of the rare air quarterbacks and you think about the – you know Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, like maybe, but like what's so different about you know if they'd done it, it would have been a different path. Like I don't think it takes kind of the same path, but um, yeah, with Brady, he just instilled that, and Bruce Arians has talked about this, like that that sense of winning and just like mm-hmm. you know texting the guys all at eleven o'clock at night every day before the Super Bowl, like we will win. So like instilling that type of winning mentality. I think is invaluable. And, in, you know, however long he plays, if it's one more year here, if it's three more years here, if it's, you know, 10 more years here um, you know, what's going to be great is that he's kind of instilled this in the guys that we have so they can take this beyond his, you know, however many seasons he's here.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, appreciate the $5 super chat from Lawrence Lowe. They say, do you think the bucks could sign Aaron Rodgers after Brady in 2022? <laughs> oh buddy, feel this one. What do you think of this team? have you thought about this at all?
0: I have thought about it and I definitely think it's a possibility, but I don't think Tom Brady. I think Tom Brady is going to be the first Buccaneers starting quarterback to sign an extension with the team. Um, wow. I'd be surprised. That is funny. Would be <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy step because it's never mm-hmm. happened. Um, right. But the starting quarterback has never signed an extension. I think Brady will. I mean, he's playing so good right now. Um, he obviously has so much fun this year. You know, we obviously can't count. Eight before it happens but they'll certainly be in contention you'd think assuming you know the majority of the team's healthy they should be a playoff team next year especially with the division um and then you know how does that play out you got tom brady and the bucks again in the dance so you know right. you're just gonna keep hoping so tom brady can stay as long
1: as he likes right yeah for sure i mean it's i guess i'm guessing the same as you i think tom brady plays two more seasons if i'm guessing it's a guess Aaron Rodgers could play two more seasons in Green Bay. And then mm-hmm. it could be okay, Jordan Love's three years into his deal. He is obviously he was the first round pick, so we have the fourth year, and then we have the fifth year option if we want to. We need to figure out who this guy is. Yep. Maybe at that point Aaron Rodgers has a Tom Brady like year, like had in, in New England. And you know, they're like, uh, eh, we don't know if we think maybe it might be time to turn the page. And maybe then he comes to Tampa Bay. That to me is the most likely scenario. I just I mean, Aaron Rodgers is the MVP at the league. I mean, for him, I just don't think it's – I think it's going to take two years for the Packers to move on. I think at that point they will, though, and I think the Bucks will be to those destinations most if they keep this roster intact, they keep re-signing these guys. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see for sure. Um, Ness brings up a good point. With a full OTA preseason, et cetera, Manning still took two seasons to win it. Again, winning it in the COVID year in the first year, I think only Brady could have done that. Certainly, the only one we've seen do anything like that, man. I mean, I'm not ruling out down the road that somebody like Mahomes or Watson could do something like that, or Rodgers even. Um, but man, this season was unbelievable to do what he did. I mean, especially again in a Bruce Arians system that is tough for quarterbacks, Sustained good play, good play in the first season. His numbers in a first season ha- are just ridiculous compared to other you know Arians quarterbacks in their first season. I don't know if you've been able to see him at all, but it's been
0: oh, good I mean. Fun. I-
1: that was all of uh Buck
0: last year before free agency. Oh, Jameis Winston. Oh, his first year in a uh, Bruce Arian system. They always throw a ton
1: of picks. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Not not thirty. <laughs> yeah. Did Tom Brady get strip sacked all season? Like I was trying to remember this. I think he, he got have, may have uh, gotten oh, the I ball think... knocked out and then he just fell right on it right away. I, like week one, I know Carl Granderson, I think, knocked the ball out, but then he grabbed it right away. So it wasn't he definitely didn't lose the strip sack all year. Because the only his only fumble that he has is the Ronald Jones against I think it was the Panthers. Ronald Jones missed the handoff. That's oh, technically really? that's credit. I'm pretty sure that's the only f- lost fumble that he has on the season. I don't
0: remember off the top of my head. I feel like
1: he definitely
0: was sacked. I feel like Donovan Smith was beat on an inside move. Maybe that was yeah. against the Saints. Um, it was, but uh, but it's
1: just like crazy. Like that kind of. I mean, he's not a like run away from pressure guy. He just within this type of space, he's yeah. moving like that. <laughs> Yeah. we could marvel at him all day to be honest all right last question i'll ask you before we get off the podcast you are optimistic Stephen, but i have to ask you about these free agents that the bucks have coming up because there's a lot of them shaq barrett levante david chris godwin and dominican Kinsu, rob gronkowski antonio brown leonard fournette ryan suck guys, especially of the key free agents for this team who do you feel really strongly about they're they're gonna be back for sure like you're putting money on they're gonna be back they're gonna be more than one guy too um I mean, based on the list you gave me, the one guy that's definitely going nowhere, definitely
0: is Ryan Suckup. There's no way uh, Jason Light and, and the front office is going back to uh, you know days of uh, Kyle Brinza and you know these guys. So that, that's mm-hmm. certainly not going to happen. Um, the Bucks are in a good position salary cap wise. I think they are going to have to restructure a bunch of guys. Apparently, mm-hmm. Mike Evans was saying, just you know, take the money from me, uh, and you know, we'll make it happen. Which is funny play.
1: because Evan's contract actually isn't. There's nothing really they can do to make it better. It's already a great contract. Already done
0: it so many times, yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. So it's basically like that. He's still offering with no understanding of what they'd have to do to his deal to like. They basically have to just scrub it and give him a new deal, which isn't going to happen. So
0: yeah, yeah. I know that they were prioritizing Chris Godwin and Levante David before the season, the pandemic kind of messed up everything for contracts because you didn't want to know, know what the cap was going to be this year. Um, you know, in the beginning of the season, it seemed like games were going to be postponed or canceled and, you know, maybe we're going to build in, uh, you know, some type of buffer for the postseason. So um, I would think that hasn't changed um, that those two guys are going to be the priority. I think that Shaq Barrett certainly, um, you know, he didn't really put up the numbers, uh, that he did last season. But as far as like pressures and hurries, I think he was like second in the league in that. Um, so I certainly think he's a guy that they're going to prioritize bringing back. I'm really interested to see Gronk has already said, like he's going to take a couple weeks, but he's probably going to be back. Mm-hmm. What is his contract going to be like? Cause he was, I believe a 10 million or 10 and a half million dollar guy this year. Mm-hmm. Is he going to take like a very low salary? I'm not sure. Um, so it- it'll be interesting, but the guys that I'm very confident will be back. In order, I guess, would be Ryan Suckup, Levante David. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he's going to work out like a pretty cap friendly deal. Um, mm-hmm. Chris Godwin, and then
1: Shaq Barrett. Yeah, I agree with all those guys for sure. And I do think Gronkowski will be back just because he's already kind of said, like, I want to be back here. And, like, I want to win with this team. It's hard for me to say, like, Gronk would come out of retirement, play one year, win a ring, have all this stuff going for him. I don't think he spent like a dollar of his NFL money, he said. That's all he's all. It's been all just. Uh, yeah. So he's like all. So I don't even know what would matter. To him. I mean, you're right. Bucks are probably only going to be able to pay him four million. He definitely gets more money if he hits the market. I mean, there's no he can still block. He can still catch. He's the one guy that had more yards left on the field. I felt like by Brady missed throws than anybody. I mean, he's the only guy I felt like. Think about all the overthrows he had. If you go back through his incompletions in the season. Check it out on all twenty two sometime. Like this dude could have had like a thousand yards this year, and people would be singing such a different tune if Brady would have connected with him on a few more balls. But yeah, he—I really think he's still probably one of the best tight ends in the league. He could make bank on oh, the yeah. open. I mean, I just don't think he cares. He <laughs> just to come back. Already in Tampa, his mom's down here. I think. I, I think and he's and just wants run he wants to win another ring
0: with any quarterback except Tom. So that really limits yeah. his options.
1: Right. It's Tampa Bayer boss, pretty much. So I think yeah. he'll be back too. I think Sue again, again, I don't you know, he is married with twins, you know, on the way. And so it's like I was actually surprised, excited, but I was surprised he was like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna come back, no question. You know, Jason Light was on the pod last week and he was telling us, like, oh yeah, we've already talked with the can Sue, like he wants to come back, so he's not ready to retire. He wants to keep playing, so probably another one year deal for him. I think he'll be back. But, yeah, Antonio Brown, what do you think? Like, what's – I mean, going into this offseason, what do you think is going to happen with Antonio Brown?
0: So it's tough because he definitely wants to get paid. Like, that was his priority when he went Mm -hmm. to the Raiders and they ripped up his deal from the Steelers and gave him a new one. Um, That obviously didn't work out. He's gone on record saying he just wants to play with Tom. It's going to be tough because, like, we're not going to be able to pay him that much money. So uh, if he wants to stay here, great. He'd have to do it kind of on the cheap. Um, Mm -hmm. If he wants to go get paid elsewhere, it'll be interesting to see what type of deal he gets. Cause I can see him getting like one of these two or three year deals. That's kind of backloaded and not a ton of uh, guarantees that they can basically void after one year. Mm -hmm. But you know, is he going to want to do that? I mean, to his credit, like he played you know great towards the end of the season, but when they signed him, they talked Bruce Arians and Jason Light both talked about him as an insurance policy. So mm-hmm. you know, is like I'd mentioned before, like kind of duplicative with um, the type of like speed skills that Evans and Godwin have, but just kind of a worse blocker. Yeah. I his great chemistry with Tom Brady and, and they did, you know, some great things towards the end of the year, but you know, Tyler Johnson also did too. So with that type yeah. of opportunity, cause could he kind of step into that role maybe. So I would mm-hmm. like to have Antonio Brown back. You know, you like to see him doing well. And I think he has his best chance to do well as a person and on the mm-hmm. field with Tom Brady. So hopefully he's back, but I can't imagine we're showing up big bucks for him.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you completely. And we're on the same page with Leonard. We don't, we don't think it's happening. Mean, it could happen, but I probably not. He, he's probably I mean, he loves, he
0: loves like Tom Brady loves Gronk. Um, <laughs> but I mean, he's you know, he was a former top five pick. He was getting paid a lot of money. And right. now he's getting like very little money. Um, and he was on a one year deal. So yeah, I mean, especially after his playoff run, I would expect him to cash in somewhere. I mean, that's what mm-hmm. happens when you're in the Super Bowl. You lose some guys, they get big deals. I would expect him to be one of them. I don't think we're gonna pay big money for a running back, especially with you know, Keyshawn Vaughn apparently, uh, you know, playing like you know, busting out like gangbusters, right. um, you know, kind of behind Let's the hope. scenes.
1: Let's hope. <laughs> I mean, Raven that's, that's said what they the play off, Lenny. Yeah, that's what they said. We'll see. I mean, when he got in games, it was, woo, it was a roller coaster. We'll see. So, was, so hopefully. Uh,
0: what was the game? He was very good. Maybe it was Detroit. I think it was the the, the Detroit game. And it was a blowout. Yes. So he got a lot of time. But he looks
1: great. Every time he touched the ball, he got like eight yards. <laughs> it was incredible.
0: Yeah, yeah he looked awesome. Yeah. Um, But yeah, like he, he has the reputation for having very good hands. But our entire running backs room this year, oh. this entire year was very bad at catching the football. Like yeah. horrifically bad. Right. I would expect them to address that
1: in the draft, hmm. hopefully with someone with, you know, reliable hands. Maybe as in a, I. first round. Yeah, that's what I, and if you uh, haven't heard, go back and check out our podcast from yesterday. Scott and I talked about the draft a good bit on that one, and we talked about our seven-round mock draft that we posted on Pure Report. Went through a couple possible running back options early in the draft. For the Bucks, I know not all Bucks fans are on board with that. We will move to other positions as well and be addressing those too. Long offseason, we got plenty to talk about. It's Lombardi Lenny now. Yes, it is. I'm sorry, Raymond, for not saying playoff Lenny, but it actually is Lombardi Lenny now. Uh, he is rebranded. So, uh, if you are interested, if you love this podcast, first of all, go to Peter Report TV and hit the subscribe button and check out uh, the Peter Report podcast. We are live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern every single all the for those weekdays. So. Uh, Make sure you hit the bell and get the notifications. But also, if you're interested in a little bit more, Peter Report, Locker Room is changing the way we talk about sports. It's an app that is the only place for live audio conversations about the takes, rumors, news, and teams you care about. React to sports news as it happens. Gather all your friends and watch parties for the biggest games. Rep your favorite teams and find your community. Better Sports Talk is just a tap away. Download on the Apple App Store and join the conversation. We have a lot of fun Chats on there with fans and you can get on and you can talk and say your two cents and ask a question. And we have a lot of good dialogue and they're really fun when we have those. So download that and follow Peter report on the locker room apps. Pretty fun stuff. Steven, man, thank you so much for joining us on today's show. This was a huge help. Can you tell the people where they can find you and any good work or anything like that you have going on uh, right now that they sh- people should know about.
0: Yep, of course. Um, so it's just my name, Steven Che on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I work on uh the going deep podcast with Willie Clone and Joey Molinaro. Mm-hmm. We've had Aaron Jones on this week, we taped it right before um his game against us, actually. Uh, mm-hmm. and then uh, we've got a couple really fun Buccaneers coming up. So, Ryan Jensen, oh. uh, we talked to the other day, um, that's gonna be coming out next week. That's a very fun interview. Um, awesome. we're talking to Tristan Wirfs next week, which should be good. Um, Great. and uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be a, I think we're getting uh, or no, we're also talking to Shady Sh- mm-hmm. Sean McCoy. And nice. um, uh, and then we got Shaq coming up in a, in a couple of weeks. So, <sighs> Those a bunch are some of good interviews uh, right there. A bunch of Buccaneers coming up on the Going Deep podcast, which would be really fun. Um, that's just at Going Deep um, on Twitter and Instagram, uh, and then the Yak on YouTube uh, every day one to two p.m. Um, yeah. Big Cat hosts that show. I'm part of the show. Um, yeah, fun, fun stuff. Just talking, yeah. you know, it's kind of everyday stuff uh, with a bunch of the Barstool guys. And uh, yeah. yeah, just uh, catch me. Just Catching bodies out out here on these Twitter streets That's with uh, <laughs> all these crazy sticks.
1: I was literally about to close out with, with something just like that, like out on these Twitter streets. Watch out for Stephen Chey, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. vicious man uh, for sure. So Stephen, really, really appreciate you coming on the show, man. We'll have to do it again sometime. All right, thanks, buddy. Absolutely. So there you go, Stephen Jay, ladies and gentlemen. That's it for us this week, Computer a podcast. We will be back on Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern, and we'll have more awesome content to talk about. Until then. Thanks so much for listening to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Out.